This is the Culture of Influence. I'm Shane Howard. And I'm Dr. Brad Shuck. Follow along as we dive into everything culture, from interview to exit. So I want to welcome everybody back to the podcast, uh, hanging out with a main man, Shane. Um, one thing that you... Nate's with us today, too. Nate's, Nate's with us. He wasn't with us last time. Yeah, we want to get a shout out to Nate. Shout out, Nate. Shout out to <laughs> Nate. Nate Diggity. Nate's amazing. So this time of year, um, basketball is getting ready to start back up. Football season is getting ready to start back up. It's one of my favorite times of the year. The summer a gap of... Nothing to watch on television is kind of uh, is kind of over now. We're getting back into kind of an exciting time. I'm a huge basketball fan. I know you're a huge basketball fan, football fan. Change that, right? Yes, basketball yeah. fan, football S- fan, all sports. I'm all, not biased. Everything. Yeah, footy. So one of the things. Shout out to my Australian friends. Yeah, I figured that was an Australian reference because I don't know what footy is, but I'll figure it out one day. So one of the things I want to talk with you about or for us to talk about today is this idea of coaching and culture and coaching is something that you're familiar with. Um, you played junior college basketball. If you haven't listened to the first episode of the podcast, go back, check that out. I uh, hear a little bit about Shane's adventures, uh, in playing, uh, collegiate sports and, uh, you know, a lot of coaches, man. And so talk, let's talk just a little bit about like this idea of coaching and culture and how all of that is kind of wrapped up together. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think coaching is, I mean, really, I guess, how do you learn culture, right? Um, you either, yeah, that's you're, right. You're coached into a certain culture, or you know, you're 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 you know, I guess, I don't know, you're used experiences. But most people are probably coached into a culture, right? Most people, most people don't make the leap into leadership, into real leadership, jumping out and 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 starting your own business and having to survive on your own culture right yeah so most people learn from mentors and uh you know bosses um but i will say that a lot of a lot of my culture i learned about what i didn't want okay um and you know so that that's really how i got it what do you you mean like i I don't i don't understand that what do you mean yeah so i spent uh i spent the better part of eight years uh, from 2000 to 2008 um, working in the automotive industry. Okay. Um, sales, sales manager, finance manager, closer. Um, in those days, the automotive industry was kind of uh, bottom of the barrel of, of most cultures. Okay. Right? Meaning, um, and, I, and I listen, I'm not, look, there's definitely good people in the automotive industry, but... Uh, most people who are in the industry will know exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of people work in cars. The reason car used car salespeople have a bad rap is because of the type of job that that warrants. Most people, listen, most people won't take a job where you're on what's called a draw and you might work for two weeks, not sell a car. Yeah. You technically have been paid $4,000, but you actually owe the dealership $4,000. Wow. And then you have to sell $6,000 next week just to be even and not get any money. So most people won't take a job like that, right? right. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, it kind of catches the, the cast-offs of society. That's probably the best way I can put it. Okay. I was definitely a cast-off of society at that time. No so, formal education. 
Yeah, so let, let me jump in here. So again, I want to reach back into a couple of the earlier podcasts where Shane talked a little bit about his journey and um, some of the experiences that you had in your life that led you to the positions that you were in at that time and then also um, kind of taught you the hard knocks along the way. Yeah, I mean, and again, it, it goes back It goes back to learning what you don't want, right? So, um, I mean, look, I'm, if, you, if you follow my stuff at all, if you follow any of my personal stuff at all, I mean, I had a, I don't, I don't hide from it. I don't run from it. I had a shitty childhood. Sure. Right. Um, I've got five kids. I would like to think I'm a heck of a dad. You're an awesome dad. Mostly because I lived through things that I said, that's the opposite to what I want to be. Right. Right. And for me, um, you know, that's, that, that's just how I've always done it. Right. So same thing in my, I learned that at a young age, I think, I don't, I don't know that I learned it consciously, mm. but it, I mean, I became a dad right as I was starting in my professional life. So it kind of all went hand in hand Yeah. and then just lived, worked in an environment that was not conducive for positivity. I mean, when you work somewhere and no matter what you did last month, if you're the, if you finish last on the board as far as numbers mm. they let you go mm. i mean that's now it that's, also teaches you how to that's rough. have resilience and yeah I, I loved it listen i learned a lot about myself and a lot about how to communicate with people and a lot about you know a lot of things so you know it's 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 absorbing it's absorbing all of those things and realizing that if i ever get the opportunity to lead if i ever get the opportunity to have my own business I know how I'm not going to do things. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you in leadership in business ownership in entrepreneurship, um, I'll even go back to where we started this in coaching. It is really, really easy to do not always the right thing. It's actually easier to do the wrong thing than it is the right thing. Why is that? Well, I mean, why do you think that's the case? Cause that we see this all the time, right? Like there's, so many examples of this uh, in the news, popular press, the community. I mean, it's it's all over. Why is this the case? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, again, um, most of the time, the things that are not the right thing are also the things that are done when nobody's watching. Yeah, and there's the in the onset of it, it seems so easy to just do to do it. Nobody's gonna know. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pass this off. And then, you know what, but you know what comes comes with that, man? Shame and guilt. And you got to live with that. And if you don't, <clears throat> if you don't feel that, what I would argue is that you become so numb Correct. to yes. that feeling. Ab over absolutely. Time. If, if, and that's a if, problem. If you're aware of somebody who does that without emotion, then that's not the first time they've ever done it. Not that. at all. Not at and all. And odds are they're also that way in their personal life. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, you know, coaching, coaching is the same way. Coaching sports, same way, right? You know, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to, it's easy to take days off. It's easy to, um, you know, play favorites. It's easy to not let the best player on your team, or it's easy to let the best player on your team play, even though he's, doesn't have the grades. Doesn't have the grades, maybe not put the work in that everybody else is putting in because there's, he or she's got some natural talent that they're just drawing from, uh, and, 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 and I think, I think even in the business world, we as leaders, 
we encounter that every day. My Absolutely. best employee, my highest producing employee is the highest maintenance employee. Hmm. And at what point do you, I mean, it, it's, you know, I've, I've, I've had to deal with these things and, you know, I'm going to share some of my stories. I mean, I literally have a guy who follows me around in films all day long. So, I mean, when you work, when you work at, you know, at a place that, that I have a business, you, you're accustomed to it, but I've, I've dealt with this recently. Right. And I think I even talked about this on the last episode when, when your others, it, it's one thing to deal with a high maintenance employee when it's a one-to-one relationship. Mm. Yeah. If you're just an emotionally high maintenance person, I'm constantly having to reinforce. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's my job as a leader to get the best out of you so that we can get the best out. Man, of you know what? I hear the opposite of that all the time, though. People are like, oftentimes it's in the framework of generations. So they'll, they'll say something like those millennials, you know, they just they're so high maintenance. They're so yeah. they're so this. And it my my opinion on that is that it's oftentimes framed as a negative thing. But you're, you don't have that. that yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I literally have, so, you know, Nate's in his early 20s. I've got guys in my office who are in their, you know, mid-40s. Right. I don't, I didn't, I mean, I, you know, it, it, I don't know. I'm right in the middle. I think what we were like, yeah, Gen totally. X or something like that. That's yep. what they called us or whatever. Something. So, yeah, some crazy acronym. But, yeah, I mean, we're, I mean. But it doesn't matter. No. This stuff doesn't. That stuff doesn't matter. Those kind of arbitrary buckets, like I get it. I understand the trends. I have a friend of mine who did some work at the University of Louisville that looked back historically over decades. And the preceding generation would always say kids these days. It didn't matter if it was the 1940s, the 50s, the 60s, the 2000s. That stuff doesn't matter. Are there trends? Yes. But those trends are shaped by the context of the world. In the 50s and 60s, rock and roll was the devil. 100%, man. And now there's a hall of fame. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's amazing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but it's always been that way. Our generation was get off the video games, go play outside. Yeah. You're wasting your life away. Right. You 100% now can be a millionaire at 18 years old playing video games. That's right. Yeah. Sitting in your bedroom. That's exactly right. So, you know, we, 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 you, far, far too often as, and I would even say this back to even sports far too often as a leader, as a coach, as a head coach, we, we I'm going to put us in we because we've all done it, I'm sure, at some point. We all give way too much clout and hold this unrealistic, romantic view of the past and how things should be. Hmm. We live in the fastest, changing, evolving, and innovating time in the history of the planet you literally can you literally have an augmented reality ruler on your phone now that's right yep you don't need a you don't need a tape measure apple said here we'll just design this and put it in your phone it'll be fine shout out to apple um shout out to apple (laughs) you got got a shout out yeah you got a shout out to apple there's a lot of people waiting in line Right now, they're going to get a phone. Some Apple stuff. That's yes. right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so like, it's like, oh well, in my day, they wouldn't have been that way. We do it as parents all the time. We do it as we well, do you weren't allowed. Le- like, why? We do it as leaders. Yes, we do it as friends for sure. That's right. That's right. We do it as husband and wife. Yeah, 
you know, I ask, um, I posted this out on the socials a couple of days ago. The one question I ask every leader I work with, and uh, no matter where I'm at, no matter what company I'm in, no matter what continent I'm on, the question I ask is, what do we need to do now to prepare for tomorrow? Because it doesn't anchor us in the past. It, it forces us to think about the future and to get better and to start thinking about, all right, what do I need to do now? What's the habit? What's the, what's the information? What's the, what's the technology? What do I need to do right now to begin to prepare for tomorrow? Because, man, if you're not, if you're not prepping for that, you're taken by surprise, and there is no excuse to be taken by surprise for this. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, well, look, 10 years ago, 90% of people who are on online dating sites yeah. wouldn't have told you. That's right. Now it is more common to meet somebody online than it is in person. I want to be clear, though. Shane and I are not meeting people online. We're both happily <laughs> We're married. De- definitely not. So I have zero. I have zero. We might meet people online, not in I a mean, dating sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most Facebook of the, actually, most of you that listening, we first met online. That's you correct. met us online. Or so. you've never met us before personally. We just know each other online. That's exactly right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So, you know, it, it's, it's you know, again, we, we, we hold this romantic view to the past. Yeah. We put the past on a pedestal. In a lot of things, and That's you know, not 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 to get into, not to get into you know the taboo topics, but you know it happens in religion, it happens in politics, it happens in education. Yeah, I mean, let's be let's be honest. We live in a time where the day that a book is printed that your child will learn from five years from now, it's already out of date. Outdated. It's out of date before it ever leaves the building. Correct. That's, I mean, that's the same thing in my world with research, right? Like, I'm working on an article. Man, I've been working on it for four years. Four years. Things that's probably a, keep changing. That's a long time. Imagine right? if you printed a book about planets three years ago when you had to take out Pluto's a planet, and then yesterday they come back and said, no, it 100% is a planet. How about that, right? Incredible. What, do you print a new book? Well, you got to do something. You're wrong. Now your book's wrong. Get a folder. Well, you could stick a tab in there. Glue some pages. But yet, but that's, but that's it. And you know, how do you coach? How do you, how do you coach those things? How do you get through those things? You got to be open-minded, you know? Um, you know, I mean, I, now I don't, I don't know, I don't know the situation, um, you know, personally or directly, but I don't think it's, and I'll tell you why this sticks out. So, um, I just recently saw a picture uh, of the Duke men's basketball team. Yeah. I'm not a Duke men's basketball team fan. I'm actually sure. not a fan of any team. Um, but I saw a picture of um, their their team picture, and the banners are hanging up with their national championships. Right. He won his first championship in 1992. He just won one in 2015. Yep. Do you think that he's being romantic to how it used to be? No, he can't be. Mike Krzyzewski can't do that no. and as a coach as a coach you can't do that do you think the kids are the same way do you think the kids have the same attitude absolutely not no way because the the game has changed the profession has changed the Athletes technique has changed. changed I mean recruiting has there's changed a, there's a three-point line now there's this thing called a three-point line yeah I mean it's it's all it's all it's all changed and you know it's it's you know, it's 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 the same reason why guys like Bobby Knight got out at the right time. Yeah. It's the same reason why a lot of these old school guys, and I hate to say that, you know, and I don't mean that in a in a negative light, but old school doesn't work 
Gosh. in these days. You know, there's so many, there's so many coaches and athletic programs that I hope uh, can listen to this. The there are so many examples of trying to romanticize the past and hanging on for dear life to that past. And it's just gone so tragically for them. Just tragic. Well, let's, let's, let's be real. If they're doing that in their professional life, they're also trying to do that in their personal life. Yeah. And you know what? The interesting thing is the stories that come out, those things match up, right? The personal life and the professional life, they match up. And that's, I think where you, where we start this conversation around, uh, and you say this all the time, doing the right thing is always the right thing. Even when it's always, even when it's difficult to do that. If you most of the time it is, it, it is difficult to do, right? Because it's vulnerable and personal. You got to put yourself out there and people are going to talk about you and doing the right thing most of the time is it's not going against what the public perceives as the right thing. Yeah, man. The right thing, most people know what the right thing is. Yeah. It's going against, you know, your industry or well, well, I'm going to I'm going to go overboard and appease this employee. Because if I don't, my competitor is probably going to come in and try and hire them. So can't you think of coaches who didn't do the right thing? Yes. Did it work out? No. It's happening right now. It's happening. Absolutely. Guys are being told, listen, I, I always find it. I always find, and, and again, it's funny how this transcends from from parenthood to coaching to, you know. Business. Business or corporate leadership. If you over-index on appeasing your best player or your child or your highest performing personnel, it's going to end up biting you. And what I mean by that is, is when you go all the way that way, you're sacrificing the team for one person and your team is aware. What would you say to the to the leader who says, I'm just going to do this to get a competitive, I just need to get an edge, and then I'll, I'll turn the corner on that? I've, I've heard it, and, and listen, I don't want anybody to think that, that Brad are coming off, Brad and I are coming off as these know-it-alls or... No, we've done it wrong yeah, so many yeah, times. Yeah, we, we, we've done a lot of it wrong, um, and, and these are... Mere suggestions, right? I mean, you, you have to be you have to be built and you have to operate in a way where you can actually put some of these things to place. And mm-hmm. and not everything that we're gonna throw out there as advice is gonna work in every situation. Um, but I think if nothing else, we we create the the stop and think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I hear coaches a, co- a coach will get his first head coaching job. Sure. I'm gonna, you know, you know, Just I know the ahead. rules say this, but you know, I got to do this and this because if I can, if I can just get a couple wins under my belt, that's right. If I can, you know, if I can, if I can get to the tournament, I can get that next job, and I can go from making 120 grand a year to 600 grand a year. All I got to do is get the NCAA tournament, win one game, 600 grand a year, yeah. and that is exact. If you're a if you're a mid major to a small Division one school, you go to the NCAA tournament, un 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 unexpectedly, and you win a game, you just got a raise. Yeah. You just got a new job. Well, look at Brad Stevens. Six 
you have you get a you'll get a six year contract of about six to seven hundred thousand dollars a year, guaranteed. Short of you committing some egregious crime, you're gonna get your money. Sure. You can hang out. Now you've developed a bad culture. You've developed it, right? You've developed a bad culture. And any and and listen, that It, 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 it always, it all, like if you have two kids and you show considerable favoritism to one child and you, and they're close in age, let's not say they're twins. Let's say they're a year or two apart and you treat one in the exact same scenario differently than you treat the other on a consistent basis, not about treating fair. But if you over-index and appease because that's your favorite, you're going to create an, a massively toxic environment in your house. Always. And same thing at work. These things, oh, these, these principles work across context. Yeah. And listen, I've been, yeah, it, yeah, man. Sports, business, you can't make exceptions. And again, I'm not saying that you can't, you can't, you can't overinvest in your best people. I would argue that you have to, but you can't do that at a, at a sacrifice of your culture or the rest of your staff or your reputation with your team, because your team might look at it and say, "Well, he's the CEO; he can do whatever he wants." But screw him if that's how he's going to treat my people. Screw him if that's how he's going to, right, you know, that's right. I didn't do anything wrong. Or your reputation gets damaged and they say, I mean, I understand why he did it, but I mean, if he's going to do that with this situation, what's he going to do with the next situation? Then you develop a culture of mistrust. Yeah. Like that's there's a, a there, there, there's a, there's a really, really good book. Um, I think it's by Ben Horowitz. I'm actually, my team is actually reading it right, right now. It's called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And this guy literally tells real. So he's the, he's the, the Horowitz of Andreessen Horowitz, which is a uh, venture capital firm that's invested in things like Facebook and Uber. And I think they manage about $300 billion in investment funds. Wow. Um, yeah, massively successful. Um, and wow. he's had, I mean, he built some companies, had a, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, he had a company that was acquired by Hewlett Packard comes the name, but I don't think that's it. Um, and he tells these stories about, you know, having, you know, several hundred employees and being two weeks away from payroll and not having the money and having to raise you know, tens of millions of dollars just to keep the business going and sure. not knowing how he's going to do it and pulling it off and, you know, all these different things. And it's real raw, uncut. And in, in, in there, there's a section that he talks about not sacrificing your company. What happens when your employee comes to you and says, it, it's no different than, it's, it's no different than in sports or wherever. Um, you know, I think I want to trade. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you get an employee comes to you and says, well, you know, such and such here in town has offered me X number of more dollars. That's right. 
and they're your and they're your best performing employee. And he gives the argument, and I'll be honest, I agree with it. He gives the argument that you either look at them and say, take it or leave it. Because the moment that you offer them anything, you are showing, and I, God, I hate to use this word, but you're showing a sign of weakness within your culture because even if they stay, they're go- they've already been complaining and they've already told several of their coworkers before they ever came to you That's right. that they got a job offer. That's correct. So if they stay and they never say anything to them, That's right. it is going to be perceived as if they came to you and got more money or got what they were looking for, right. even if you didn't. Right. Right? Or you did, and now they're told, which is the likely scenario, because your employees definitely talk about their pay to each other. It, yes. And now you're in a situation of the next person. Oh, it's now, coming. No, oh, yeah. So now you've oh, created coming. a culture that I don't want to say a pushover. Listen, and, and by the way, there's going to be some I'm uber sensitive people say, oh, well, you're not a pushover. You're in business. Business isn't, this isn't like, we're not a running, like we're not baking cookies here. Well, we can't romanticize, right? Like, uh, and sometimes we do that. We romanticize the idea of business as, um, as something that it's not. And, yeah, business is at the end of the day. Somebody like you, you own the business. You're trying to make payroll for profit, for profit to help people live better lives. That that's the mechanism in which you're you're kind of working through. And I've not always I'm not always in that camp personally. I don't have, but I, you know what, man? Like I I don't have the pressure of that. So I'm I'm outside, right, looking in on something, giving an opinion about well. You should do things differently. What I hear you saying is that as a business owner, right, I've got to create a culture that doesn't compromise on my values because at the end of the day, it's it's good. It makes good business sense. But I'll couple that with this. So if you're listening, you're hearing Shane talk about, um, you know, the purpose of, of business is to is to generate profit or generate generate money. I've never known Shane to not do the right thing by his employees. I've known Shane to cost himself money to do things that are the right thing to do for the employees, for his team. So don't don't miss the point on that, that it's not, it's not just about the profit. It's not just about the money. It's about not compromising on the values that you've put your business together to stand up on and taking exceptional care of the people that work with you and that work in your team every day, all the time, without compromise. Yeah, your you know, culture of influence, right? Your culture is influencing things, you know, small hmm. and large, right? It's it's influencing what you do. And, you know, again, you know, if you're if you're a coach and your best player comes to you and says, I don't think I want to practice next couple of weeks. Yeah. He's already been complaining to his teammates. That's right. Whether no matter how you no matter what, no matter what the circumstance is, that guy doesn't show up at the next practice, your team thinks you caved. Instantly your practice turned negative, whether you know it or not. And that is when we say culture of influence, that's stuff we're talking about. You've got to be aware of those things. Yeah. And I don't and I don't buy listen, listen, I don't buy professional sports, 
it's a little bit of a different story. I'm gonna I'm gonna take professional sports off the table here. out of this, okay. right? Because that is a that's a business unlike anything totally. you can sure. you can wrap your head around. Um, when we're talking about high school or collegiate sports or youth sports, I don't want to hear the the BS of well, you know the object. You know we're here to win. Cool, I am too. What do you want your legacy to be? Because your legacy isn't what isn't what Sports Center says about you. Your legacy is what all the people who actually really know you what they say about you. Yeah, yeah. You can people can say whatever they want to about Shane. I, I'm not concerned with any of that. Yeah, I don't lose any sleep over that at all. What I'm concerned about are what my friends and my family members and my kids think about me. So don't com- don't compromise the flash in the pan for the long term legacy. Oh yeah, it's easy. It happens in your personal life, right? It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you hear you hear stories. Mm. You know, I'm. You know, ah. Uh, you know what? I'm. I'm gonna. Ah, I got this offer. You know, I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take advantage of this job. You know, it's a great job. It's it's paying twice as much money. I really don't want to move there, but I'm gonna go do it. Guess what happens? Nope, they hate it. Yeah, they hate it. And gosh, culture is so powerful. Yeah, sports happens same way. I think last year, fifteen hundred Division One men's basketball players transferred. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Every year. Every year. Why? Because guys and gals, coaches told them one thing when they recruited them. They got there and they didn't match up. Same goes for the athlete. Connecting right back to that idea of day one culture. Oh. Culture day one. I'm going to punch you right in the mouth the, the day I sit down and talk to you. Yeah. If you, can ex- if you expect anything else from me other than – for me to scare the living daylights out of you in our first sit down, then you probably don't want to come work here. But that's how you establish your culture. Yes. It's also why I have a group of awesome individuals right now who really sold out employees, folks that believe. Yeah. I'll I'll be honest with you. I've, I've actually over indexed some on my own that I'm finding right now. I've actually created a bit of culture and it's definitely something for us to dig into at some point, but I've actually created part of a culture of we actually, I actually, they actually care so much about me and what we've got going on that they're afraid to take action on some certain things because they're afraid to let me down. Yeah. And that's not, that's not like I've got, I've got to, I've got to peel that back a bit. Right. So now I've got to make them a little pissed off at me. And so they don't, Loves me as much. Maybe that's next episode. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but sports, same way, right? Like, you know, if you're selling out, you're a sellout. You're a sellout. I don't Look, I don't care if you're, if you're compromising. It's a bold statement. It's the truth. Yeah. If you're compromising wins, if mm. you're compromising banners, mm. if you're compromising pay. Profit. Profit. Widgets. Turnout. Whatever. Whatever. All just because you had to do something because, listen, you don't need your best player when they don't match your culture. Oh, man. Boy, I hope you go. I, and listen, look, and you, I'm going to tell you why, Brad. Listen, that. I'm going to tell you why. That, because now you're being lazy. Yep. Don't miss that. 
So there's a there's there's a there's a large group of this is a fairly common thing among non-division one basketball programs, right? I'm gonna give you a little insight. Where a lot of these guys take a lot of these transfers. And in that world, it's it's called bringing in some mercenaries. You're bringing in three, four, five guys who played Division One basketball somewhere, who got kicked out of school for a reason, mm-hmm. and now you think you're going to bring them in, and you're going to. I've seen very, 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 very few guys who can actually do it. Meaning, they do it the right way. They do it the right way. Yeah. They'll they literally punch them in the mouth, and this is your last shot. Yeah. They don't, you know, tell them whatever they want to hear just because it looks good and. It looks good on, on paper when people look at your, your program. Oh, well, he played here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you've, you've oversold yourself to your administration. And then now they go through, and it never, ever works. Damn. Two of those guys transfer at Christmas break because they can't hack it. They get, they're fighting your other guys. Your guys who've been there, like, dying and bleeding for you for the last two years are pissed because you've now – like, it's cool. Competition, I'm all for it, but – Right. You know, it, like that's the lazy way out. Yeah. Coach people up. So if you're in a, you're in a business and your best employee is giving you an ultimatum, uh, tell you what, let me call you an Uber. It might be time to free up your future. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, might be. It is. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get you that Uber. So look, as we, as we begin to wrap up this, uh, this episode, I think it's, I think it's important to circle back on this idea of, Culture of influence is uncompromising. It's uncompromising on your values. It's uncompromising on the standards that you've put into place. And um, if you are, if you're out there and you're trying to develop a culture of influence, whether that is with your family, whether that's within a business, if you're a sports coach and you're trying to build up a team, you got to coach it. You have to coach it, and you you cannot compromise. Yeah. So so I would say you can't compromise. Um. You can't compromise by, you know, let, let's, I guess, let's, let's recap what we talked about. You can't compromise what you, how you treat your favorite, your best player or your highest performing personnel at, at the expense of the mindset, attitude, and energy of the rest of your team, family, or business. Sure. Right? You can't be too romantic about how it used to be. Right. Look, we live in a world where we're not talking about 20 years ago. We live in a world where we're talking about, um, you know, we're, we, we live in a world where we're talking about you can't do it how you did it two years ago. Oh, Absolutely. So you, you, can't, you can't put the past on a pedestal. Right. What got you here won't is not going there. to get you there. Just won't. Right? And and, and, in, and in the last part of it, and, you know, I'll leave you with why do you have to, why do you have to coach it up? You actually have to coach it up so that it gets carried on. The people who actually, listen, that you're legacy. ultimately responsible for instilling and setting the barometer for your, for your culture your team is actually the one who carries it out. And that is definitely uh, – that we need to do another episode for that 100% because 
on how on why that is on why like that would that would even be an episode on why you have to have assistant coaches in your culture yeah why you have why your team is actually a champion of your culture so so look tune tune in next time uh and let's continue to think about this idea of cult culture influence coaching leadership what that means for you uh check us out you can find us on the socials at dr b shuck and shane the shane howard also uh you can check us out on you can you can dm us directly into the podcast at the culture of influence on instagram you can check us out there and uh, definitely appreciate you guys tuning in love to hear your feedback good and bad although i'm sure none of it was bad um and uh let us know and we look forward to uh having you guys hang out with brad and i on the next episode check it